Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Sports Talk with Tonsoni. I'm your host, Brian Tonsoni, and this is our weekly sports, our sports weekly recap show. We're going to start off with some college football, a couple segments of college football. Then we're going to head to the NFL. We're going to finish up with a quick Major League Baseball uh, review, and that'll be it for this week. So Elijah and Joe will get us started on college football. Welcome back. This is a review of college football week four. There were some many interesting matchups this week as many top 25 teams went down. First game we have to review is number seven Stanford versus number 20 Oregon. The game was a tale of two halves with Oregon dominating the first half and Stanford the second. Stanford QB KJ Costello rose to the occasion and went 19 for 26 for 327 yards passing and three touchdowns. It took an overtime to declare the victor of this matchup with Stan Stanford reigning supreme. 38-31 Stanford. Our next game is number 14 Mississippi State against Kentucky. With the passing game staggered for both teams, it came down to which team had the better backfield. Mississippi ran for a dismal 56 yards on the ground. Meanwhile, Kentucky's Benny Snell Jr. ran for 165 yards and four touchdowns, which is a great stat line no matter what level of football is being played. Snell helped carry the Wildcats to a dub. Kentucky won this matchup 28-7. Next up, we have TCU versus number 18 ranked Texas. Quarterback Sam Ellinger of Texas threw for two touchdowns and 255 yards. TCU QB Sean Robinson threw two interceptions and one touchdown. So there's a great disparity between the quarterback play from these teams. It was a close first half, but Texas was able to pull it, put the nail in the coffin in the second half with 31-16 dub for University of Texas. Texas is rolling. Number 14, Virginia Tech at Old Dominion. Old Dominion shocked the Hokies this past Saturday with a 49-35 win. Backup quarterback Blake LaRussa threw for an astounding 495 yards and four touchdowns as he led the Monarchs to a two-touchdown victory. According to ESPN's football power index, Old Dominion had a 1.8% chance of winning, which is the smallest percentage any team has overcome in the 14-year existence of the FPI. Next up, we have number five, Oklahoma versus Army. Army completed just five passes the entire game, but the run game picked up the lost offense. The Oklahoma defense couldn't stop the run games of Army, so the Army had 339 yards rushing. On the other hand, the Sooners had a balanced attack in the air and on the ground. The game was an overtime thriller with Oklahoma winning 28-21. to Looking forward this week, number seven, Stanford, will be playing at number eight Notre Dame. In this top 10 matchup, the Irish will host the Cardinals and try to continue his lockdown defense against KJ Costello and the Stanford offense. It will be interesting though to see how the Irish handle their quarterback situation. As quarterback Ian Book, will put up, he put up great numbers last week. Be sure to watch this matchup in primetime this Saturday night. Thanks for joining us this week on the NCAA Week Recap. Thanks guys for that information on uh, college football this week. We now turn our attention to the Big Ten and our Big Ten correspondent, Dalton Jones. What do you have for us this week, Dalton? It was another great week of college football for the Big Ten. It was the first week of conference play for most teams. We only had one non-conference loss, which came from Rutgers, who lost to Buffalo 42-13. Currently, Ohio State is first in the East and Wisconsin is first in the West. I expect both teams to win there. Um, first outstanding player is David Blau, quarterback from Purdue. He was 21 of 28 for 296 passing yards and three passing touchdowns. He had a great game. The next outstanding player is Miles Sanders from Penn State University. 
He rushed 22 times for 200 yards and three rushing touchdowns. The last outstanding player is Paris Campbell, wide receiver from Ohio State University. He had eight receptions for 147 yards and two receiving touchdowns. There are also a couple games to look forward to this week. Ohio State travels to Penn State. Uh, they go to Beaver Stadium to take on the Nittany Lions. Both teams have perfect records thus far, and both teams plan to keep it that way. It will be a close game, no doubt, but Ohio State will be upset by Penn State. Number 14, Michigan at Northwestern. Michigan leaves Ann Arbor to take on the Northwestern Wildcats. Michigan comes into the game as the heavy favorite to win, but they better not sleep on Northwestern or they'll still get upset. Not so fast, my young friend. I think uh, Penn State's going to get... Uh Get it handed to them by the Buckeyes. I think the Buckeyes are the real deal, but I can see where that could happen. And I'm picking Northwestern over Michigan for my upset special. Plus, I just wanted to be like Lee Corso and say not so fast. But thank you, and we look forward to your report next week. And now it's that time of the week where we get some NFL hot and not news from the Gleasonator, our sixth-grade correspondent. Gleasonator, take it away. Thanks, Mr. Tonsoni. Let's get right into it. The biggest news in the sporting world outside of Tiger Woods winning his first tournament in five years. That's right, the Cleveland Browns have just broken their streak and won their first game in their last 635 days of beating the Jets. The J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, 21-17. That's right, the Browns are the horrible mention, honest, team on the universe universe pick of the week now start off today's hot official hot list of the week we will look at the K kansas city chiefs who beat the san francisco 49ers 38 to 27 to remain unbeaten at 3-0 the chiefs quarterback patrick mahomes threw for 314 yards and three t touchdowns with no interceptions. Travis Kelsey was his top target catching eight passes for f 114 yards. The Chiefs defense forced three fumbles, had four sacks, and eight tackles for loss, which kept the 49ers down on the knee for most of the game. The 49ers lost more than one game on the evening as they lost their Starting quarterback Jimmy Garlupa for the season with a torn ACL. The next hot team of the week is the Rams, who remain unbeaten after knocking off the Chargers 35-23 in a battle for the Los Angeles. Quarterback Jared Goff at passing for 354 yards and three touchdowns, one interception on the day. He connected with Robert Woods 10 times for 104 yards and two touchdowns. Todd Gurley ran the ball 23 times for 105 yards and one touchdown. The Rams defense had two takeaways on the day and only allowed 16 first downs in the game compared to 33 for the Rams. The Rams take key to the city to stay unbeaten as they take the Vikings in a short Thursday night turnaround. Our final hot team of the week just so happens to include our first not-so-hot 
team of week four. The Miami Dolphins at 3-0. and They are the third and final unbeaten team in the league. As they beat the Oakland Raiders 28-20 to knock the Raiders back to 0-3 on a young season, these Miami Dolphins are chasing the history of the last unbeaten NFL team, the 1972 Miami Dolphins. But they have long ways to go before quarterbacks Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill and Albert Wilson combined for 335 yards and four touchdowns with zero interceptions. Wilson took the ball on an end around and threw his first career NFL pass for a touchdown to Yeekim Grant for 52 yards, who ended the day with two touchdowns and 70 yards. The Raiders outgained the Dolphins on the day, passing 345 yards and 341 yards. The nation cheering oh, and on the ground, 109 yards to 41 yards. The Dolphins will have the entire nation cheering as they come, as they take on the New England Patriots. Our second not-so-hot team of the week is the Houston Texas, who, at, who sit at 0-3 oh on the season after losing the previously winless New York Giants 27-22 in Houston, Texas. Cute quarterback Deshaun Johnson threw for 385 yards and two touchdowns, but also had one interception. Johnson's touchdown to Lamar Miller with one second left made the game look closer at 27-22. to 22. After leading the NFL's rushing for the first two weeks, the Texas were shut down by the G-men, only for 59 total yards rushing on the day. Our final hot, not-so-hot team of Week 4 is the Arizona Cardinals, who now sit at 0-3 on the season after getting beat by the Chicago Bears 16-14 at home. The, the rejuvenated Bears defense forced four straight turnovers on four straight possessions in the second half with three of those being interceptions and one forced fumble on the cardinals managed 221 yards on the total on the day versus kalia mack and the high-flying speedy bears defense mack led the team with five tackles two sacks and one tackle for loss well, that will do it for week three in the NFL not-so-hot team list. Tune in next week to see if the Browns can win back-to-back -back games for the first time in a long time. This is the Gleasonator signing off. Thank you, Gleasonator. Again, another great uh, analysis on the NFL. We look forward to your work and appreciate your dedication to the podcast. For our NFL previews, we have 
Michael Benner and Steve Painter. Take it away, guys. Thanks, Brian. I'm here with Michael Benner. I'm Steve Painter. We're here to talk about uh, week three, uh, and I'm sorry, week four NFL matchups. The season's already starting to move fast. Um, and uh, the first game we're going to talk about is one of the one o'clock games uh, with Miami Dolphins visiting New England Patriots. Uh, it's an unusual start for both teams. Miami is a surprise 3-0. and New England is a very surprising 1-2. and um, You know, so far, though, none of the Patriot fans or even the media seems to be too worried about New England. Nobody's hitting the panic button, even with the Patriots being 1-2. and They've had sluggish starts before, and they seem to just kind of start out slow, and then they put it together and go on a huge run, it seems like, every year. Uh, maybe this will be the case, but this is definitely kind of the time that this needs to happen. Um, how, uh, how do you see uh, this game going, Michael? What are your thoughts on, on this matchup? Well, with Miami's young defenses, they've been looking pretty well. And Ryan Tannehill has been proven now finally why he was worthy of a first-round pick by the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. Tannehill has definitely, definitely looked good. Um, you know, Kenny Stills is their, their top receiver right now, and he – he has really, uh, really done well. Uh, they just seem to have a solid, uh, a, a pretty solid team. Uh, Adam Gase has really proven to be a, a, a great offensive mind, and I think he's been just the right um, component here to get Tannehill, uh, you know, out of his slump and, and playing like a decent quarterback. And now uh, with New England, they have Josh Gordon, <clears throat> and then this is the last week before Julian Edelman comes back. That's right. Yeah, New England has definitely been. Uh, hurting, they they really have no wide receiver help at all, and um, and even their running game, they they they've been their whole offense has just been been uh, pretty stagnant. Uh, they did lose another uh, one of their running backs, Rex Burkhead, uh, is, was just put on injured reserve this week with a neck injury. Um, so they're going to look more to rely on James White uh, and then get uh, the rookie Sonny Michelle more involved. Um, but yeah, like I said, this is this is the time. Normally, you're going to see New England step it up, and uh, and make their move. But if they don't, boy, now we're looking at a four and zero Dolphin team and a one and three Patriot team, and then I think people will start to worry. So this is definitely the time that New England needs to turn it around. Okay, the next game we're going to look at is uh, the Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Oh, uh, Houston is 0-3 right now, which is a bit of a surprise. Colts are improved. They're 1-2, but they're, they're definitely showing a lot of improvement over last year. Um, but, yeah, the Texans, even though their games are relatively close, they're off to a horrible start at 0-3. And, and, boy, they, they will go into Indy and lose this week. Um, there's going to be a lot, of people, a lot of unhappy people. And, I don't know, what are your thoughts about what could happen to uh, the head coach? I think he could get fired if he – after this game or the other, because uh, their bye week, I believe, is not till week nine. And if they are like one, have one or two wins by that time, Bill O'Brien's going to be gone. Yeah, Bill O'Brien. Uh, he he. His name was kind of mentioned in years past as being on the hot seat. Um, you know, they really seemed to improve last year. Deshaun Watson just had an incredible uh, beginning to his career before he got hurt. But he's he's not been. The greatest. He's he's thrown interceptions. He's still putting up a lot of yardage, um, but he doesn't have that that you know um, that superstar look that he had early on last season. Um, another another thing I'm looking at in that game is the Texans' um, offense. 
Um, they're, I think part of their problem is their offensive line. They're rated uh, 29th right now in pass protection. Colts have normally not had much of a pass rush, but they're 10th in sacks in the league right now. Um, they, that could cause a lot of trouble for, for Houston if they can put some pressure on Watson, get him out of the pocket. Um, and I think that's going to be one of the keys to victory for the, for the Colts. But either way, I think it's going to be a really good matchup here at Lucas Oil Stadium. Um, both teams desperately need a win uh, to get you know, back in the race in, in the AFC South. i tell you what, Darius Leonard for the Colts, he's in the running for Rookie of the Year. He put on another stellar performance last week against the Eagles. He, I think he could be the defensive Rookie of the Year yeah, if what, he continues it. What, uh, what round did they draft him in? Second. Second round. Out of South Carolina State. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yep, it could be. The Colts are definitely, definitely looking much improved on defense. Okay, the next game we're going to talk about is the Sunday night game. Uh, big game. Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers playing at Heinz Field. Uh, Ravens are 2-1. and one. The, Red, uh, the Steelers are 1-1-1, one, one, and one, uh, coming off of a much-needed victory against Tampa Bay. But really, you know, when these teams play, you can throw out the records. These, this is one of the most intense rivalries in the NFL. These teams genuinely do not like one another, and it's usually very hard-hitting. Uh, very chippy. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, some personal fouls in this game, um, but it's it's a big one. It's a big one for both teams. To to whoever wins this game is really going to take the lead um, in the AFC North um, and uh, and kind of move into the driver's seat into the, into the division. I'm not sure about Cincinnati. I think they kind of showed their true colors last week. I'm not sure if they're going to be a real contender or not. I, I see this division coming down between the, the Ravens and Steelers. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on this matchup? I think with Baltimore, they need to try to shave off a little bit of the injury bug. Terrell Suggs and I mean, their, their Star Wars on their defense have been injured. Mm -hmm. Flacco, he's had his ups and downs. And the wide receivers, it's better than it was last year, but it all comes down to Pittsburgh trying to figure out what to do with Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, yep. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, uh, as a Steeler fan, I've, I've just about given up on him. Um, and I think the Steelers are, are kind of in that mindset, too, that they're ready to they're move on. They're about to trade him. Uh, there's, they're open up to trades. Uh, I'm not sure at who, who would trade for him right now. He's going to be completely out of shape. And then, you know, you have to put your – you have to sign him to a long-term contract um, if you want to keep him and pay him huge money. He's going to demand uh, Todd, Todd Gurley-type money. Uh, at this point in the game, I'm not sure any team is going to want to just try to refocus their whole team around one player. Um, and I think Pittsburgh has, has moved on too. James Conner has done a great job at running back. He's not he's not a levy on Bell, but he's he's doing the job. Um, and I think Pittsburgh is now is just focused in on what players they have there, and they're not worried about guys like Bell who aren't there. Um, one one concern I have for in this game is. Uh, as a Steeler fan, is that Baltimore's, like you said, Baltimore's offense is much improved. They've got two new receivers in John Brown, Michael Crabtree, but they are really uh, protecting Joe Flacco well. Uh, they went up against Von Miller and Bradley Chubb last week and um, really contained them. Miller only had, uh, he had no sacks. He had only two tackles in the entire game, and they, they really contained one of the premier pass rushers in the league. Um, Pittsburgh's pass rush is definitely not as good as Denver, so uh, it's concerning that if if Baltimore can can 
give uh, Flacco that amount of time. It's going to open up the running game. It's going to certainly open up the passing game, and that it could be, it could be more of a shootout than we're used to seeing. Usually, those Ravens-Steeler games are a lot of battles of field goals. Uh, this one, uh, you might have more offense, and um, who knows? It could could be a bit of a sh- of a shootout, but we will see. It's definitely going to be an exciting game to see Sunday night. All right, our last game we're going to look at is the Monday night game uh, with the high-flying Kansas City Chiefs and their just incredible offense right now going into uh, Denver um, against the Denver Broncos. Um, you know, the question is, can Kansas City just keep this rolling with this amazing offense? Uh, Patrick Mahomes is just shattering records left and right as far as uh, you know, number of touchdown passes to start a career um, and then also the number of touchdown passes to start a season. Um, they just seem unstoppable. Uh, what, what do you think about this matchup, uh, Michael? It's for Patrick Mahomes, it's really just a matter of time to adjust for like defense once they figure him out. And they, they will eventually, but especially Denver, they got to figure out what they're going to do with corners because with covering Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, all these other premier wide receivers that Kansas City has, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to cover them. Yeah, they, they used to be known for having their great cornerbacks. You know, Leek Tlaib, um, he's now gone. Um, and they are not as dangerous in, the, in their secondary as they used to be. And so that could be a real uh, trouble spot for Denver um, because Tyreek Hill is just so fast, so dynamic. And uh, I think one of the keys is that uh, they've got, like I said, Von Miller only had two tackles last week. If he has that kind of poor performance again, uh, it's going to be a long night for Denver. Um, they're going to have to put some pressure on Mahomes. Um, you know, the thing with Mahomes, though, he can scramble. It's just amazing to see him. When he gets pressure, he can elude the pocket, make a move, and, and, and then just fire the ball down, down the field. Um, I think one of the keys to victory in this is you've got to minimize the amount of time that Mahomes can uh, be on the field and, and cause that kind of damage. I look for Denver to really try to control the clock um, and establish the running game, um, you know, which is not their strength. They've done okay, though, with kind of a backfield uh, by committee. With Lindsey and um, Freeman. Correct, correct. And um, they're just going to have to control the clock and, and get long extended drives and try to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. Um, but uh, it's definitely going to be a tough matchup. Um, uh, the way things are looking um, – it sure looks like Kansas City is the team right now, but you never know. Denver seems to play well at home, and I think they're capable of the upset. We will just wait and see. All right, well, that will wrap it up for our Week 4 preview. Thanks again, Michael, for your insight into this week's games, and we look forward to talking next week. Thanks, fellas, for that report. We're going to end this segment uh, this show with a little bit of Major League Baseball. A couple divisions are still up in the air in the National League. The the Rockies currently hold a one-game lead on the Los Angeles Dodgers, and the Cubs currently hold a one-game lead on the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, Then the wild card is down to uh, Los Angeles Dodgers or the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, The Dodgers have a one-game lead. All of the teams in the American League uh, are set at this time. And uh, four of the uh, five are set 
uh, currently, well, I should say three of the five are set in the National League. The playoffs start next week with Tuesday National League wild card game and a Wednesday wild card in the American League. Any playoffs for ties, the Cubs, Brewers, and the Dodgers, and the Rockies uh, will be played Monday. So get ready for a little bit of Major League Baseball. So for Sports Talk with Tonsoni, I'm Brian Tonsoni. That ends this week's weekly recap. Tune in every week to get the latest on all sports. Thanks for listening. So long.